0: Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz, and joining me to talk about the twenty-seven to ten victory over the Arizona Cardinals is Norb Cowili from Norb Camp. Norb, how you doing?
1: Oh man, I'm feeling good. As you can see, I'm still in my fresh war paint just came from a viewing party, with a bunch of people, a bunch of 12s watching this game, and I'm still uh, still glowing from the high. So, yeah, and I'm feeling great. So it's an
0: awesome uh, awesome day for, for being a Seahawks fan, for sure. We needed this victory. Needed the victory. They get the 2-0 and start on the road in September, something they haven't done since 2013. We all know that that was a pretty good year for the Seahawks. And not only are they 3 and 1 to start the season and getting a win over a division rival but we look over and see what the rams are doing against the bucks and they fall to the tampa bay bucks so one week after the seahawks lose at home to an nfc south team the rams are losing at home to an nfc south team and and so now it just makes last week it, it brings it, it doesn't feel so bad anymore
1: yeah, no, for sure. In a, in a lot of ways, uh, I think the the Rams losing to the Bucks unexpectedly was just the cherry on top. But for us, it was really about the Seahawks just not shooting themselves in the foot for the first time. Because I felt like every game we have played, we've kind of barely won and then lost to the to the Saints, and it felt like in all three games we just kept doing things to ourselves that preventing ourselves from playing better football that we know we're capable of. So for the first time we weren't getting all these negative plays. We weren't turning the ball over or giving up cheap uh touchdowns on punts and just playing mistake less mistakes. And when we do that, you see what we're capable of. Because Russell is like, he's just been even keeled the whole time, playing great. It's just everything around him has been just like (laughs) short circuiting. So finally everybody else plays great. Running game gets good. He doesn't Carson doesn't fumble. All of a sudden it's like, hey we got a great ship here. We just have to all be on the same page. So it felt like our first, I wouldn't say complete game, but it was our first game where we didn't make more mistakes than good things. Yeah. So, you know,
0: that, that was awesome to see. Not quite the complete game because it was in that third quarter where they kind of had a little bit of a lull. And and if you are tuning into this for just the first time, uh, be sure and subscribe to the show. You can go to SBNation.com slash NFL podcasts. And you mentioned Russell Wilson, Norb. Uh, he goes 22 of 28. 240 yards passing he has a one t- he has the one touchdown uh, to Will Disley another another Will Disley touchdown the dude's a touchdown machine oh. you mentioned Chris Carson yeah. 22 carries 100- <laughs> 104 yards and and the key thing no fumbles
1: yeah, that was huge. And, you know, I think it's not just that he got over 100 yards, but it, if you have to actually look beyond the box score and watch how he ran, it was the yards after contact that was the most impressive to me. Because so He'd be hit for, like, a three-yard gain, and he'd power ahead for, like, another five yards or would be stopped short of the sticks. And then he'd, you know, bulldoze a guy over and get another five six, seven yards and get the first down. Those are the plays that not only – you know, show up as first down runs and yards, but it's the psychological, I think, part for the team, just feeling like, ah, you're know, <laughs> just seeing him power over and kind of go beast mode on some guys, and that just, you know, I'm sure for the for the team themselves, especially a team that's built to run block, I'm sure that just gets the O line uh, just excited and that much more charged up to see the running backs, you know, doing stuff on their own. They make the holes in the creases, and the running back takes it to the next level, and that's just fun. That's that. That's demoralizing to the opponent when they get bulldozed over like that. So, yeah, they they totally stuck it to him, especially in that last drive to still the game with the touchdown to a to, uh, Prosize. That and that they just basically commanded the game and, and ate the clock away and then finished it with a touchdown. It couldn't be any better than
0: that. Yeah, that was a key drive really to help end the game in the fourth quarter because to start the, the fourth quarter well, early on, the Cardinals get the ball with about 13 and a half minutes to go. They drive down the field. There's there's a defensive holding penalty on Trey Flowers. Uh, there's a, a penalty on Tedrick Thompson for unnecessary roughness that sets them up uh, at the 15-yard line and Kyler Murray gets in for the 9-yard score and and so the Cardinals are able to kind of climb back in it they're within 10 points there with just about a little over 10 and a half minutes to go and you wonder if the Seahawks get the ball back you know are they going to be able to sustain a drive to help put the game away or you're starting to worry man if they turn the ball over here and give the Cardinals a short field this is a chance for them to get right back in it but they take the drive nearly 8 minutes off the clock and yes Carson just punishing guys down the field ultimately ends with a CJ Prosize 9 yard run for a touchdown.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was talking to the gal next to me saying, "Okay, who should get the touchdown? Should be Russell, should be Carson, should be DK, should be Lockett." Name pretty much everybody on the uh, on the on the team <laughs> except for CJ Prosize and he comes out being the guy to score that uh, ceiling touchdown. Which is great, too, because, you know, ProSize has been, you know, kind of one of those funny stories of a guy who he seemed like the cat with nine lives who just never went on the field. You know, he was just managed to somehow stay on the roster, even though you never saw him play. And it felt like even this year they gave up, you know, cut J.D. McKissick and kept ProSize. And a lot of people I know were wondering, why would you keep this guy who can never play? And so it's nice to see him not only contributing, but making Key plays on the most crucial of uh, downs and, uh, you know, on a play like that to score the touchdown. And I think it's great because is has been a player that when healthy, he's done some great things. And it's just, we've never seen him healthy for yeah. more than a few games. So to see him now starting the season off where he stepped in when Rashad Penny's now the one who's injured and he's filling in nicely and doing some things, you know, to, as a nice number two backup to, uh, or number two back with Carson leading the way. So you know, it's, it's great that we have that depth at running back because, man, if, if if Penny was, uh, you know, out like he is and we didn't have somebody else you felt like you could rely on, it'd be like, man, that's just – that would be a tough uh – Tough situation from the running back side. So it was great to see ProSize getting some action in there and scoring a touchdown.
0: It did feel like he kind of stole the touchdown from Carson because it was, you know, the Seahawks had the ball first and two, and Carson gets into the end zone, but it comes back from the Will Disley yeah. holding call. And and fortunately, they're still able to get the touchdown there. But, it, you know, it kind of felt like, you know, just the cherry on top of the day if Carson could have got that touchdown.
1: It would have been nice, but at this point, I think, you know, kind of like Russell saying, you know, he doesn't really care who gets the, you know, who gets the glory, who gets the stat as long as the team wins. And I think, you know, Carson to me doesn't seem like a guy who really cares too much about that, you know, so it's nice to see that there's guys who are just, you know, that's, that's the team situation. You don't have divas being selfish, like, that ah, should be my ball, give me my ball, you know, so it's nice. In, in, in the world of lots of Antonio Browns uh, out there, it's nice to see a bunch of guys who seem pretty humble and just happy to just help their team win. And uh, it's nice that we don't have those those types of guys on this team right now. So it's pretty cool.
0: Well, how about the start for the Seahawks in this game? Because we're not used to the Seahawks really getting out to a quick start. You know, they held the Cardinals to a field goal on their first drive. Gonzalez misses it wide right. Mm-hmm. And the team gets the ball back. They're able to drive down inside the red zone. Now now they're not able to come away with points like they've been so good at this year. Uh, there was one play to DK Metcalf where it looked like I couldn't tell if if Metcalf dropped the ball, but it looked like Russell just dropped the ball just perfectly into him. And maybe the defender made a good play, but I never saw a good replay on that. Uh, I I did see a a replay or two. It felt like he just kind of closed his hands a little early.
1: And it was definitely catchable. It, yeah. I, I think he should have had that ball and he just sort of closed on it and it just bounced out and he couldn't quite pull it in. So I would probably call that a drop, even though it was a challenged, it wasn't like an easy catch, but sure. he was definitely being challenged, but it was certainly catchable. And I th- I'm sure if you could have had that back, he knew he had a touchdown, uh, waiting in the wings there for him. So unfortunately it didn't matter in the scope of things, but I'm sure he would like to get that play back. Cause uh, that would have been an easy touchdown for
0: him. I, I would have felt personally better with the Seahawks scoring 30 points uh, rather than in the twenties. But uh, you know, we can't be picky when it's a 17 point win over a division rival, but the, the Seahawks, they, they, so they get the field goal. Arizona gets the ball back. They complete a short little pass to David Johnson who had a huge day. But then Murray tries go, to go back to Johnson again, and it's picked off by Jadeveon Clowney, and he goes in for a 27-yard pick six. Yeah, that was amazing. That was the signature moment we were, I think, all waiting for from uh,
1: Clowney since we got him in the offseason. There's so much hype and expectation about this guy's going to be great. He's going to sack on every play. And, <laughs> you know, and I think sometimes the expectations is a little higher than reality. And so when he didn't come out, doing something spectacular in the first game or the second game. His presence was there, but he didn't do that signature play. Uh, we were all waiting for that to happen. And uh, finally, I think we got it today. Uh, of course, it didn't happen at home, but, hey, we'll take it on the road. And this is almost like a home away from home as far as Arizona's concerned. So uh, to have him uh, read that play, and I think this so many teams have been running screens on us, I think they finally figured out you got to get your hands up and, uh, you know, just feel that, you know, when the screen starts to develop, put your hands up there and just try to break things up. And, and uh yeah, he tried to float it over the top of him, and he just knocked it down, knocked it to himself, and then put on the afterburners with some pretty impressive speed. <laughs> Took it down the sideline and scored pick six. And, you know, didn't expect that to be his first signature play. But, heck, that's his first interception. If I'm not mis- – or interception for a touchdown, that's his first – uh in his career, if I'm not mistaken. So why not in the Seahawks Jersey? So that was a pretty amazing at that point, the play of the game, uh, for us just to put us uh, on top like that early in the game, we've been needing a play like that just to get that feeling of being on top and, and having a bit of a lead instead of always coming back from behind, having to find a way to score and catch up to a game. So it was nice. It was a great play. Uh Great for him, great for Clowney, and uh, great for Seattle, because we're so much better winning percentage wise when we have a lead. I, I don't know the stats on it, but it's something like when we get two score leads over somebody, it's like almost our winning percentage practically. You know, odds are doubled. You know, when <laughs> when we have a two score lead, but usually it never happens. We're always right there, either behind or slightly, barely ahead. So it was nice to have even a ten point lead. It was a, a nice feeling.
0: Well, it doesn't even have to be a two score lead. There's a stat that out there. It's uh if the Seahawks are leading by more than four points at halftime, they are I think it's fifty five or fifty six and O under Pete yeah. Carroll. <laughs> it's yeah, something that's ridiculous. Sort of, yeah.
1: yeah, so you, you never need much. It's just amazing <laughs> how many times we don't have the lead because you'd think four points. I, that should be easy to get, but not with our team. Nope, we got to always make it exciting to the fourth quarter. You know, so yeah, yeah it's, not before uh,
0: halftime for sure. But yeah, they were they were up big before halftime in this game because Arizona, yeah, they get the ball back in the second quarter. They're able to Gonzalez is actually able to kick a field goal in this game uh, from thirty three mm-hmm. yards. But the Seahawks get yep. back, drive down the field, and as we mentioned before, Will Disley, the one with uh, that scores uh, on Russell Wilson's lone touchdown pass in this game, and I, I just I have to keep going back to it. Will Disley inside the red zone, he's like the guy right. I think that we wanted Jimmy Graham to be uh, when he was here.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jimmy Graham eventually kind of became that guy, but it just took so long. And again, the expectations. We're like clowny. We expect him to come here and, and score a touchdown at every reception. <laughs> right. So the anytime he didn't, it felt like, oh, what are we paying to all this money? We <laughs> gave up Elger for this. And so it took what felt like an eternity for him to finally start to score some. And then of course he got injured. In this case, Disley came in, everyone's expecting him just to be a run blocker. So the fact that he came in started having these you know, receptions, and then he gets hurt. Everybody kind of forgets about him. Then he comes back in, and I'm going, hey, we're getting Will Disley back. It's like getting a a, a free player, uh, you know, that we forgot all about, and he comes in here, and he becomes Russell Wilson's favorite target, and uh, he's been lights out. So what's great about that is that Disley now becoming this, you know, kind of the seam, this, this guy who runs down, you know, this, this, the seam often forgotten, they're going to have to start paying attention to him. And what that means is they're going to have linebackers having to chase him down. That's going to open up a lot of stuff in the middle for uh, DK and for Lockett. So when one guy starts drawing attention that you're not expecting to, it means great things for everybody else. So, you know, uh, it's, keep feeding them until they finally figure out how to stop him and then go to everybody else. You know, that's kind of how it works. You give what you take, what they give you, you know, take advantage of what they, of their adjustments. So, but Russell Wilson, man, can't say enough about how this guy has just been getting better every single year. And almost to a point where it's so expected that you kind of, um, you, you kind of forget about talking about it because he's so good every week. Yeah, that it's kind of like, eh, well, you know, Russell Wilson had 114, you know, passer rating and touchdown, no interceptions, as if that's like another day at the office. <laughs> right. and, and instead, it's like he's just consistent. You know, he's not going to be like Patrick Mahomes throwing for 350 yards and lighting it up with breaking records. He's just going to be steady, steady, steady and not turn the ball over. And that's really perfectly designed for this team, because this team's about running the ball, playing good defense, and as long as Russell Wilson just continues to move the ball, be efficient, move the chains, that's the winning formula, and today they had all that going
0: for him. Yeah, well, let's, let's give Russell Wilson some of his due credit for this game, because if somebody's just going to look at the box score, they're going to see, okay, Russell Wilson, he had 240 yards passing, 22 completions, and then the interesting thing is, Tyler Murray, also 22 completions for 241 yards. Both of them take four sacks. (laughs) But the way that both of these quarterbacks got to these numbers, very different. You know, Russell Wilson, it's not just hitting those short passes. You know, he was going down the field. He hit Jerron Brown downfield. He had a 32-yard catch uh, in this game. Uh, Will Disley, 17-yard catch down the field. Tyler Lockett, he, he hit him deep early on in this game for 28 yards so he was making these deep throws while you know instead you know when david johnson had his long catches it was these short little passes over the middle and he was just running for big yards because the play had essentially broken down around kyler murray right and, and he's able to hit johnson for the dump off and he just rumbles down the field he finishes with 99 yards on the day but it was just yeah all short passes
1: Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, that's kind of how the game works sometimes, but it's, it's sort of like, if you look at the saints game, you'd think, man, we should have destroyed those guys. How did we lose when (laughs) Russell Wilson stats wise just lit up the place and offensively looked like we dominated them. But again, it's not all about the numbers. You got to look at the whole game in context and in that game. Yeah. Offensively we did dominate, but we made a lot of mistakes, had a lot of penalties and we turned the ball over and that, itself was enough to to short circuit any of the stats that we had going for us. And in this game here too, they Arizona had a little bit of the same stuff that it felt like we were having the first couple of games where a lot of, you know, those two missed field goals, while they're not huge points, that's six points right there. And that becomes instead of a point where they close the gap from 20 to 10, that could be 20 to 16, where it's one score game takes the lead. That's a big difference versus 10 points where it's two score game. So, you know, the, the, it's, it does come down to those little things, like making your 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 field goals, and you know, uh, just those little execution things. So, yeah, they had very similar stat games, but uh, stat numbers. But um, yeah, like you said, the way they threw it, uh, Russell, the passes he was making. There was that one particular one. It was to I think it was the Lockett one, going right to left, where. Wilson put it right over the defenders outreach yeah, hand just over their fingertips of him, over the fingertips. And just to the, you know, where only Lockett could catch it. And, you know, like they always say, there's no defense for a perfect throw. And that was pretty perfect because we'd thrown any less, it would have been tipped or maybe intercepted by the defender any deeper. And it's probably, you know, the defender having a chance to knock it down instead it's right between the two. And that's the kind of throw where I don't remember Murray making that kind of pinpoint accurate throw, but, um, uh, Russell Wilson's the kind of guy who he makes those throws on a regular basis. And it was great to see it happen in a win. So, yeah, you look at the numbers and go, eh, fantasy-wise, <laughs> he didn't do all that great. But as a guy to make this formula work, um, it, it
0: was just the performance we needed. Got the win and got got the team up with a nice drive right before the end of the half. They're able to drive down the field. Again, they get... Uh, shut down inside the red zone, but they're able to kick a short field goal and they go up 20 to three going into halftime and Norb. I want to come back uh, after a quick break and we will get into just some more, dig into a few more stats in this game. Look closer at the second half and we'll do that coming up right after the break. <music> Talking to Norb Cowheely from Norb Cam and we're getting into this 27 to 10 victory over the Arizona Cardinals. I want to talk a little bit about the second half, Norb. And there's not quite as much to talk about in the second half because gosh, the third quarter, it was like they were going back and forth. There wasn't much progress down the field. At least the defense was was holding the Cardinals in this game. And I was I was starting to get worried though a little bit in the fourth quarter when Arizona was able to to cut it close and make it 20 to 10?
1: Yeah, we got a little sloppy in the third quarter. It We, we played, I think, uh, penalty-free in the first half, and then the second half kicked in, and we started getting the penalty bug kicking in a little bit, and uh, that didn't help us in some of those drives. And so, yeah, it felt like... The nice thing is when a stalemate in the third quarter is fine, when you have the lead, you know, and it was kind of the same thing with, uh, I think, in the Saints game, we I think we needed to come back and we went through that third quarter. I don't think anybody, we didn't dent the score. And and it's great for the Saints, and this time it was great for us because it's okay to have a back and forth. No one kind of gets anywhere because when you have the lead, a 17-point lead, it's a, it's a nice cushion to have versus when you're behind having to try to get, you know, catch up. So I wasn't too... Worried there, but it would have been nice if they could have been a little bit more productive. But, you know, the penalty started to, you know, start to rear itself again in that third uh, quarter a little bit. And so, you know, worked against Arizona, but against a team like the Rams, uh, we, we've we got to kind of keep the pedal to the metal and keep pushing ahead and not have these sort of setbacks to where we lose momentum. Otherwise, the team like the Rams would come back and, you know, and take advantage of it. So, a little bit – that's why it's not the perfect game, but it was good <laughs> enough to win in this one. But, yeah, it got, it got a little concerning and kept the door open for the Cardinals to uh, try to mount to come back, but fortunately they fell short.
0: Yeah, and talk about plays that maybe if things had gone a little bit differently, you know, Russell Wilson gets sacked for eight yards where Terrell Suggs he beats Dwayne Brown around the outside, causes the fumble. Uh, fortunately, Fluker able to jump on the football, but, gosh, if Arizona uh, you know, able to make a play in that moment – then yeah maybe maybe things do change maybe they're able to climb back in it a little bit earlier and and put Seattle on the ropes a bit but uh, you know credit to the defense for coming out on that next drive getting the stop and yeah really holding off the Cardinals really until that fourth quarter I'm a little
1: concerned you know even in that first drive that the Cardinals had where they ended with a missed field goal so it, on, on the uh, on the scoreboard it felt like there was no damage done but I thought the Cardinals were moving too easily right in that first drive they were getting you know positive yardage almost five six yards a pop and a couple of explosive plays um as well and i was like man where's the defense here you know and fortunately we got the stop and when we needed to and they missed the field goal but you know that's a little concerning i it feels a lot like the defense can be very porous at times where guys just you know they're breaking through you know, getting way too many yards and and just not dominating the line of scrimmage. I, I'd, I'd like to see them improve on that a little bit more to where they're not getting so gashed. Yeah, uh, you know. Uh, where the offense is just rolling downhill on us. And it feels like it's been happening a lot in all these four games. So, you know, we're, it's a work in progress, but at least we're seeing some aspects that we've been missing and mainly just seeing the pass rush come together. This, uh, this game was, was great to see, but they, they, they got more work to do and uh, hopefully they can shore up that part of things. Cause you know, it's, it's, it's not quite there yet, but <laughs> Maybe we'll see if they're enough to take on the Rams. You know, the Rams are going to be a whole nother beast. And uh, this Thursday night game, uh, talk about an awesome matchup, two three, and 3-1 teams going at it, trying to stay atop the division. Uh, it's going to be great. We'll have, obviously have the home field advantage noise to try to uh, rain down on the Rams here. But, um, yeah, definitely some things to work on. You know, it's always nice to get a win and also still realize you got things to work on. You know? Yeah, so for sure. I still feel like we're not playing our best football yet. You know, we're playing our better football today, but we're certainly not to the point where you feel like we're hitting on all cylinders. It's just the car's starting to roll a little bit, but it's still a little bumpy ride.
0: So, Well, it definitely feels like they're going to need to make the most of their offensive possessions because you look over at the scoreboard on that Tampa Bay L.A. game, and the Rams, they put 40 points up on the board against the Bucks, and the Bucks able to put up 55 points. A big part of that was because uh, Jared Goff turnovers in that yes. game. I think he had three interceptions, and then he had a fumble at the end where uh, Sue was able to pick it up and and get the score to finish off the game. But it does. Uh, it, there's some history there now between the Seahawks and the Rams, and I, I would definitely like to see Seattle. Get the win, especially at home, and after going uh, winless against them last year.
1: Well, and I think we all know that the roads to the playoffs. If we want to have that feeling like the Super Bowl-bound team is in our midst here, it's got to be the Rams. We've got to take uh, at least win the home game against the Rams. Maybe we split. Well, then that'll be you know a start, but it'd be great to get the win at home because then we got to face them again later in the year down in L.A which of course we saw the Bucs just beat them at home. So it's not like they're you know uh, <laughs> invincible, but to Thursday night prime time at home, you got to think that you don't get any better home field advantage than that. So if we can't take advantage of that situation, uh, I don't know what better situation you could possibly ask for. So uh, again, I just feel like as long as Seattle plays minimal mistake football, yeah, you know, and continues to run the ball like they're doing, um, You know, I feel like that's a formula they can ride to to the end of the season, but they've got to execute and just, you know, can't give up the big plays and just not turn the ball over. All those basic things that we all know about football. (laughs) But we saw it today. We saw a nice closer to that version today. And if we can play like that a little more consistently, um,
0: you know, I think we've got a good chance. So it, it felt like nearly the complete game. And, and yeah. they are going to need that complete game. I think to, to get over the hump and get the win against the Rams coming up uh, before we close out of here, Norb game ball, who are you giving the game ball to in this game?
1: Hmm. I was just talking about that with somebody uh, after the game, I would give it to Chris Carson, uh, especially in light of what's happened with him. The first three games, uh, you know, you know, the, you know, the, the talk of the fans, how, how fickle they can be. Everybody was <laughs> like, Carson, he sucks, you know? And, and I was like, Look, this team is built around Carson being able to run the ball like he did last year. If you yeah. pull Carson out and give up on him now, you're basically giving up on what made your team make the playoffs last year. So I was not one to say, let's bench him and you know, we're done with him. It's like, okay, let's, you know, give him a chance to work through this. And, you know, I would have been devastated if he had a fourth game in a row with a fumble. But luckily, the team backed him up like they said they would. And Chris Carson to me showed up. And was like the guy we got to know so well last year. You know, he, uh, he ran hard, broke 100 yards, which was great to see. Running through tackles, getting first downs, making some nice moves, jumping over guys. I mean, all that <laughs> stuff. When Carson's at his best, he's like watching a video game player, right? You gotta hit the, the, the B button, a little spin move, a little jump action here. And that's Carson being Chris Carson and you don't want to see the watered down version and you can't see without him you you saw what happened when CJ Prosize ran between the tackles and got yeah. knocked over like a bowling pin so you need Chris Carson tearing it up in the middle and that's why i feel like given what he had to bounce back from mentally uh, you know with the whole fumbles and all that stuff to see him have a game like this and really a key part of why we won i give the game ball to Chris Carson
0: yeah no one sets the tone for the Seahawks offense quite like Chris Carson. I mean, you know, Russell's a great player, Uh, Tyler Lockett, Pro Bowl talent, but for the physical type of presence that he offers on offense, there's really nobody else that gives you that. And yeah, he's 22 carries, 104 yards, averaging 4.7 yards per carry. Uh, he, He did well in the passing game too, four receptions, 41 yards. So over 10 yards per catch in the passing game too. He was it felt like he was picking up some big plays. There was one where he caught the ball on the outside and gosh, I think he bowled through uh two or yeah. three guys to get the first down. Yeah. So he he was setting the tone for the Seahawks offense. Well,
1: we've all ever since Marshawn Lynch retired the first time Uh, (laughs) we've been looking for that back to replace. him. we thought it was maybe it's Thomas Rawls. And then he got hurt and it was never quite the same after that. And we've been, you know, Kristen Michael and uh, all these different guys never quite find him. And then Chris Carson last year gave us that glimmer of hope that, Oh, maybe this is the guy, you know? And I think he, he was as close as we've seen it to, but watching a game like today, it, when it comes to that tingly exciting factor as a fan, when you watch a guy run and you get excited about how he runs, like a five yard run in and of itself is not exciting, but when a guy breaks through contact one yard in, and then he runs for four more, that gets you super excited because of the running style. And to me, this is the closest thing we've had to a beast mode type runner since beast mode. And as long as he can stay healthy and keep holding onto the ball, um, I, I keep looking forward to more runs from him because they're fun to watch. Uh, you know, I love the touchdowns of Will Disley and long passes to Ty Lockett, but I will take uh, a 10-yard run where Chris Carson bowls over guys for five yards to get the first <laughs> down. That is, to me, more rewarding uh, as far as from a football standpoint. It's kind of old school. You know, it's just, you know, you know mono, mono <laughs> boom, 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 Two guys going at it and him winning the battle. And in, in a game where the where the – the football has been dumbed down and softened up by so many rules to protect players. Seeing a guy run through a guy like that, like uh, going through a brick wall is like old school. It's fun to see that there's still some hitting going on, especially from, from the running back, bringing the hit and not shying away from contact. So, um, so he's, he's been great. Oh, and one last thing I got to mention because it's a very subtle thing, but near the end when we were in that final drive that eventually led into the CJ Pro size touchdown, there was a play where I thought it just showed how smart Carson is too. He was It was just kind of a pitch or a run to the left, and he was clearly not going to make it, and he could have tried to bounce it outside and try to get one or two extra yards, but instead of running out going outside and and going out of bounds at the top of the clock he stopped took the 1 yard loss yeah. but in the process kept the kept the clock running and that's huge that's just one of those things where you're just by keeping the clock running you're burning off a, another minute or so whereas if you stop the clock that's just one more chance where maybe Arizona has a chance to get a, a play in there and have a little bit more clock to try to get a comeback so i thought that was a very smart play even though he's going to lose yards statistically it was a smart play for the team so Plays like that are also little things between the stat lines that you don't see. That's that is very indicative of a smart player that he is. So that I thought that's a really you know understated play that he uh, was very smart of him to do.
0: Yeah, smart play by Carson. It really did help lead them on that eight-minute drive. So by the time the Cardinals did get the ball back, well, one they're down by seventeen points, but with you know just over two minutes to go, there, there's no way they're coming back at that point. And uh, yes, just the right. Uh, it, you hear Pete Carroll talk about finishing the game and by going on that eight minute drive in the fourth quarter, that was the Seahawks finishing the game and they did it behind Chris Carson.
1: Yeah, totally. Uh, he had a couple of plays where he, he got the first down on his own, uh, running through guys. Like you mentioned of a, a pass play where he took it and uh, I think on the left sideline ramp through some guys, to get the first down. That was definitely the, uh, yeah, the finishing the game. And I, I said before they started, I said, this this drive right here, this is the if this is the coffin, we're holding the nail. Now they just gotta pound it in. They pound can, it in. <laughs> all they gotta do is burn five minutes off the clock and score or not, they they can pretty much win the game. And they did more than that. They not only got five minutes off the clock, they got eight minutes off the clock and scored the touchdown. So that was like two nails in the coffin. <laughs> so they you know they definitely brought that home. So that was just a great team, you know, effort obviously one man carson can't do it by himself but you know combination of you know line doing their job not getting holding penalties uh wilson you know being smart with the ball you know he made a couple of uh, and how about the luke wilson we can talk about return of luke oh yeah the return luke of luke wilson, <laughs> coming back wilson to wilson it was fun to, be able to yell that a couple of times and luke actually you know he made a very spectacular catch uh it was on that 11. final
0: drive it was final a drive, uh, or, it was a third down play uh, third and yeah. two and Wilson connected to, to Luke Wilson, Luke Wilson. Uh, for 17 yards. And that was not an easy catch. That no, was, in uh, fact, the, the defender was called for a legal contact on that play.
1: Yes. Yeah, so I guess maybe in the end it, it didn't matter is that i guess it would have still been a penalty but it would
0: have been a it would have been a five-yard penalty for first down but that would but hey
1: we'll take the 17 yards <laughs> of the spectacular catch for luke wilson so that was cool just you know a lot of people thinking uh, ah, well you know we just kind of picked him off the scrap he what's he really going to do and it was great to see him get a couple of uh couple of nice catches there one for a, for a first down conversion on a very important drive. So it's great to see the return of Luke Wilson and Techno Tuesday and short shorts and all that stuff. So he's just <laughs> a fun guy to have on the team. So to see a guy who's not only just a fun teammate, but who, you know, his his roots were here during the heyday of the Seahawks, he was part of that that team, uh, the Super Bowl runs. And, you know, to see him back here again with his long flowing hair <laughs> doing all that stuff, it's great to have him back and not just for a token teammate but a guy who's actually still got something to offer so i was excited to see luke wilson come back with a couple of catches and a good one at that
0: for sure and norb i really want to thank you for coming on if people want to check out uh your your norb cam videos i'm sure everybody listening already knows where to go but just as a reminder uh let folks know where to go to to find all the videos and find uh, your work on youtube Ah, uh, sure, Brandon. Yeah, you just uh, really
1: just Google NorbCam and you'll find me uh, on on social media. It's at NorbCam, and if you just go to YouTube and search up NorbCam, uh, you'll find me there. So, yeah, uh, I'd love for you guys. If you haven't watched my videos, come check them out. Uh, it I post videos every week. I've been starting to do not just the reactions to the games, but I I do now uh, weekly game picks of all thirty-two teams and I set them to a music video. So I don't do the because everybody does game picks, but I do it a little bit differently. So <laughs> nobody does it I quite like have, you, that's for sure. I like I like to add a little musical fun to it. So it's uh it's it's a lot of fun for myself as well as just to see how the picks turn out. But uh, I was happy to be wrong about that Rams game. I had the Rams over the Bucks. So glad to be wrong.
0: <laughs> it's always but good yes. to be wrong when when yeah. the Rams see I, I usually try and hedge my bets. I'll I'll pick the Rams to win. And then if they lose, it's like, okay, well, at least I, I have the joy and satisfaction of them losing, and it's okay if I, if I lose on the pick. Yeah, absolutely.
1: That's a win. It's kind of a win-win, a, a lose win, or however you want to call yeah. it. But yeah, great, great Just, results so far. So Thursday is <laughs> going to be a, a great game. So yeah, you can watch my, my reactions in the stadium live on Northcam. If you happen to be watching at home, you can tune in to my live stream from inside the stadium and and get the reactions from inside the house. And you can uh, see what it's like for all those crazy people and, and during the game inside the stadium. So
0: Always fun to see the reactions of fans, to get the in-game commentary. Uh, definitely check it out, Norb Cam. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. A big thanks once again to Norb for coming on the show. Be sure and check out Norb Cam's videos, and be sure to check out FieldGoals.com. Kenneth Arthur has a post talking about the Seahawks' three and one start. It's the first time they've done it since 2016, and it's the 13th time in franchise history that they've done it. You have to go back to 1998. The Seahawks started three and one and missed the playoffs. And if you just want to focus on the Pete Carroll era, the only time they've started 3-1 and one were in 2013 and 2014, the two Super Bowl seasons, as well as 2016, where they went to the playoffs as well. Check that out, fieldgoals.com. Also, if you're looking for more podcasts, Kenneth Arthur has his free episode of Seaside Reactions up. And if you want to check that out, you can also win a $25 Pizza Hut gift card. Check out Mookie Alexander's winners and losers from the game. Of course, Chris Carson, Jadavian Clowney, Russell Wilson, Will Disley, and many others in the winner column. In the loser column, we got DK Metcalf, some pass protection issues, as well as Tyler Lockett with his returns. Negative yardage on his punts on the day, and his return out of the end zone was not successful. Lots more depth to get into in that Mookie Alexander article. And Jackson Bevins has his cigar thoughts from Game 4 it's all there, fieldgoals.com. Be sure and subscribe to this show, SBNation.com slash NFL Podcasts. Subscribe to Field Goals as well as any of the other NFL podcasts on SB Nation. And we'll be coming back likely on Tuesday, short week. So we'll be doing three in, three out with Clinton Bonner. Tag Clinton at Clinton Bond on Twitter with the hashtag 3I30 to let him know your ins, let him know your outs. And this week, you know, we'll be starting with an in, talking about the best and worst from this game against the Cardinals. Stay tuned right here, fieldgoals.com. Subscribe to the show. And until next time, go Hawks.